Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk shoes. Recorded Live. <laughs> this is the John Paul Show, brought to you by AdventuresInMinistry.com, where you can receive all the AIM Project stuff for free, the um, free teen curriculum, camp and uh, retreat material, the free app, devotional songs, and John, everything your heart's desire in ministry. How are you? I am doing great. The question is, Paul, how are you? Um, for those who may not know, um, Paul had a, a little illness he's had to deal with lately. Yeah, and uh, so if if during this show you kind of hear some um, crazy things come out of Paul's mouth, squeaky wheel, just 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 laugh and go with it because it could be really really funny today. Hydrocodone is my friend. <laughs> I am on drugs. Um, uh, I am uh, speaking under the influence, uh, but I'm not driving, so that's good. Yes. So, uh, yes. Yes. He's walking. Should be a fun fun show. Hey. Hey, quick yes, shout out! Absolutely, quick shout out to Sam. Man, Sam I love Sam Long. This guy, uh, one of our awesome elders um, at University Church, giving us these caramel with um, cream filled whatevers. And with that being said, let's go ahead and do this, John. Yes, Sam. Happy birthday, buddy! Happy birthday, Sam. Good to you, Sam. Works in our church relations department here at Faulkner, mm-hmm. and um, also is an elder over there at the University Church. Um, he's on the board of CYC as well, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, happy birthday, Sam! And thank you for giving us presents on Love your it. birthday. On, on your birthday, awesome. so uh, what a giver! His birthday, he's giving us up. Caramel, my favorite. Oh, Paul. Um, you know, we are here. We're glad that you're here. We want you to take this time. If you would like to call in, remember, we are on Talk Show. We are uh, live. If you'd like to call in to join in our discussion that we will be having here today, Talks. it is, uh, of course, the phone number is 724. Seven. Go ahead, Paul. 724-444-7444. And the ID number is 113940-POUND, or hashtag, however you decide to look at it. But that's the number. If you forget, the number's behind us over my... Right shoulder, John's left. There you go. I'm, I'm, guys. I just want you to know I'm a little worried here about Paul today. <laughs> You're live. Hey, um, seriously, uh, Brent Musburger um, retired yesterday. Um, our condolences. Um, uh, he's okay, but uh, but he's not. He's not uh, doing part uh, I play anymore. Uh, but he, he always started. They said um, you are looking live. At uh, you know, turf field, or you're looking live at uh, the Orange Bowl, or that. So you're looking live at the John Paul show. So that's a little tribute to Brett Musburger. Good job on that one. I, I am, I am a man, Paul. A lot of play-by-play guys that are stepping down for some reason. I am a little interested in. in I'm, I'm scared for you today. It ju- I, I'm afraid, honestly. I'm not lying. I say this. I think it just kicked in. <laughs> it wasn't. You know, it just kicked in. It's kicking. It's kicking. It's kicking. Coming right. Well, everybody, we are glad that you're ah! going to Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
y'all need to pray for me in this show today. Right. Uh, this, I'm getting paid back for not being here a couple weeks ago. No, no um, but we are glad you're here today. And, and Paul, actually, with our talk that we are going to have, that we're going to be doing and, and uh, for our ministry discussion that we are doing today, yeah. Yeah. Ministry, ministry discussion that we're doing today, we're actually going to spend some time talking a little bit about church growth. I, I mean, it doesn't matter uh, what business you are in. Um, if you're in business in general or if you're in the church work business, you're always looking for growth. Um, right. You're hearing a lot about that in our country right now of bringing our businesses and, and growing our economy. What can we do to make it better? What can we do? And, and so we figured what we would do is kind of take this on to the church realm That's right. a little bit. Is, is, um, we are in 2016, 17. Man, it's 17. And I'm the one on drugs. <laughs> yeah. 2017. Um, that um, uh, we're all <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we have messages coming through already, Paul. It's crazy, man. Um, And and so uh, we are interested in church growth, and we're going to spend some time talking about that because um, especially I think every major um, religion, far as in Christianity is concerned, has experienced some some struggle. I think if you read every publication, any book, whether they're members of the church or not, Uh you seem to point to that direction, that church growth is something within the last 20 to 30 years has really been struggling. In fact, within the Churches of Christ, there was a study done about 10 or so years ago, just from the church growth from the 1980s to the 2000s, and basically all but like three or four states showed decline Uh in, in church growth. Right. And some of them was massive, and, mm-hmm. and church, just church attendance. And so, I mean, this is a Fortune 500 company that would have gone bankrupt right. in, in this time. And so I think it really does behoove us to figure out and to talk and ask some of these questions, what do we need with church growth? I hate to go ahead and mention the thing that's going to be sort of the bottom line to all of it, but I'm going to tell you, experience shows, especially in the, in the area of youth ministry, that um, young people, teenagers, um, I don't think – I don't think they're excited about the glitz and glamour of it all, the, the lights, the smoke, and then the, and the, the, the things that, um, that uh, you know, um, distract people. But I think they really just want to know the answers. So um, I think going back to the Bible is actually, it may sound a little original and um, a little old school, but it's, 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 it's present day school. It's what we should be doing. So I think it if is. you stay in the Bible and, and teach the truth and um, and let the Bible be your guide, uh, that I think you're going to find where you're going to find success. Right. But you have to be focused on that. Right. You have to continue on that, and you can't take detours from it. Well, I think, and that's something we're going to bring up here a little bit later, is Paul, when we're talking about this, um, when we talk about church growth, are we talking numerically or are we talking spiritually? And is there a difference mm-hmm. with all of that? And, and there probably is when and with some of the things that we would discuss, but. You know, we have to go in there. I would argue that if you have one, you most likely have the other, um, and I think you would probably argue that as well. But, um, you know, there are some things when you look at church growth, Paul, over the years and things that you have uh, seen and things that you have experienced in there, what would you say um, has been some of the, the the major high points? If if you were to look at, you know, we all have these, these things in our minds um, – uh, that hinder us to church growth. One of them I remember always hearing, especially because the majority of us don't work in churches that, you know, are like university that has six, 700 people in there mm-hmm. or more, uh, or a thousand or two. Um, most of us are working in churches that are sitting around uh, anywhere between 100 and 300. Uh, and, and, you know, I've always heard that myth growing up is that 200 plateau myth. 
Right. That that's one of the hardest things. What have you found that could be one of the hardest barriers um, to break in church growth? I think the biggest problem is traditionalism um, and, and just the, um, the, the rigors of the, the mundane of, of, of knowing what pew is yours and what chair is yours in Bible study. And you do this ritual every week, but you've got to put some stuff in between the Sundays. And I think that's the key is you've got to put some stuff between the Sundays, um, which is the extra part of life. You know, worshiping God, we're, we're commanded to worship God every first day of the week. We should come together and do that and give God our very best because <laughs> we know he gave us his best. So, so let's do that. But let's understand that's an opportunity to say thank you to God, to praise him on Sundays, the first day of the week. But we need to understand that he also asked us to, to be a servant and, and, and to be there for the people and to be a, a good influence. And I think it's a great opportunity to put people, God's people, in opportunities to be an influence in the lives of others by service, right. by what, what we say, by what we do, by where we go. And um, so I, I really think that, that what we do between the Sundays can really put us over the hump of the 200 number. Yeah, and, and I think it's just uh, – I am I teach the Book of Acts here on campus here at Faulkner, and we were just in that section um, after the apostles have been arrested in Acts chapter 5 and, and Acts chapter 6. And, and it talks about, you know, the people had respect for them, and then all of a sudden in the very next passage you see that they are increasing in number. And I think there is something that can be said about our actions and about how we interact with each other that really contributes to church growth and, and uh, becoming the people of God that God calls us to be. And so I think that also kind of leads us to this question, though. Does it, if you're in a big church, and we do have some people who are watching that they're in, in congregations that have a thousand people or more in there, and would you consider that a big church? Over a thousand? Yes. Um, yes. Thank you, Paul, for that commentary. Very straight, straight to the point on that. Um, oh, let me give you more stuff. No, you don't have to. I really do think that a congregation more than a thousand is a big um, congregation uh, because you have different communities that collide into a, a opportunity of fusion in bringing people together and being a part of a great work. Um, if you get to that point, you have to know that along the way, some work was done somewhere. Yes, I would agree. You know, it doesn't just these thousand member congregations don't just pop up. You know, and I, I don't attend one of those, but but I, I I know that where we are, we're there because of the work that was done, because the harmony that was kept, because of the working together hand in hand. And again, let the Bible be your guide on that. So I think there's work that has to be done to get you that. Okay, but let me ask you this: just because you are in a big church, Paul, does that mean you're in a growing church? Well. At one point you were, uh, if you find yourself at that number, and I guess the thousand, and not many of us are dealing with that problem, but but <laughs> but the thousand number, maybe like the two hundred number, or maybe like the fifty number, you get to a certain point and you think, and you sort of let rest it down. <laughs> maybe you're between the Sundays. Um, <laughs> Paul just read a read a message that has come through in our chat room. Any candy? <laughs> I'm not slurring my words. <laughs> Well, your your wife has joined us too. She is she, she is not. she is actually watching this live no, right not. now. It says so on my phone. I'm really she's watching not. it. So, <laughs> Stephanie, uh, we may need some help. She got some good programming. She's got to watch. Um, uh, but I, I think so, Paul. I think there's a difference, and we need to clarify this right from the beginning. That there is a difference in growing and reaching out and and converting people to become Christians mm -hmm. than you know we used to call it in our little rooms in our chats when we talked sheep stealing. Yeah, and swelling. We want to grow in the right way. Right. Yeah. 
and, and just because you're a thousand members, are you a thousand members who have reached out to the community and baptized people and mm-hmm. really converted people? Or are you, well, I wasn't happy at this church, so I left and went to a different church. Oh, and this church is what I found to go. Yeah. And, and I do think that, um, and, and I don't, I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying, it. I do think that sometimes when we do these studies about church growth and we look at these mega churches and we say, oh, what have they done that's been so great? Mm-hmm. I think there are some things that people have done so great. They so have please to don't miss them. Yeah. But I also think we've got to pay attention that we are actually talking about reaching lost people. And that's what I think we're trying to hit at a little bit with this. And it all comes down to two things. Well, three probably, but two things majorly. And that is, Effort and passion. Once you lose that passion, um, ministry stops becoming fun. And it can be fun. I think, I think growing is fun. Growing is awesome. God wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy life, but enjoy the, the, the fruits of the labor. Enjoy what happens when you do, uh, what happens from the work you put into it. But if you don't put any effort into it, how can you expect anything out of it? Mm-hmm. How can you expect to be the solution to a problem if you're going to avoid the problem, right, right, you have to help. You have to be a part. You have to encourage. You know, keep each other accountable. That kind of thing. I, I think do something. Well, we have Brandon Edwards. He's joining us, and he he added in the chat room here. He said, you know, God is looking for spiritual trans- transformation, and I think that goes back to our question that we talked about uh, when we talk about church growth. Are we talking about numerically, or are we talking about spiritually? Personally, Paul, I think on this on this mindset, say it. If you are growing spiritually, yep. you will see the results of the fruit. Absolutely, yes. numerically. And who causes the growth? God. God causes the growth. But he's going to cause the growth when he sees that effort and that passion and, and putting, putting what you can to it. It comes down to that. It comes down to that and, and just having those relationships. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, there's so many different people who are writing books and talking about some things. And, and we found, and you found, a list that are 10 characteristics of congregations that are growing. And I think that's what we are going to try to do here this morning is to try to spend some time um, looking at these things. And let me see if I can pull it up here on my phone uh, so I can read as well, Paul. But, you know, 10 things that are kind of signs of churches that say, you know, we can look at and say, this is a church that's growing. Um, I think um, the first one we have here, or I guess we could start down here at the bottom. Yeah, we can start at the bottom. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, shareable church uh, communication that inspires and informs oh i i think paul that if we are honest with most people that are sitting here watching this i think the majority of people that are sitting here watch this they're involved in church work mm-hmm. and and i think if we were to say what is probably the toughest thing that ministers elders deacons have to contend with in church work and that is communication mm-hmm. i absolutely think it's communication let me give you an example okay uh we send out an email at the first of every month to tell our parents uh, what occurs um, during the month. We put our information in the bulletin at church to let them know what occurs during the month. We um, send out, I send out a text, a remind text, two or three times a month. You, yes, you do. You get I get it all the time. You, you will get it until Caitlin graduates. Um, well, that's like 70 days. There's that. We have a website. We have a Twitter account. We have two or three Facebook accounts, Instagram. Um, I would venture to say seven to eight ways of communication. I say that to say this. I've also had someone come up to me and say, Paul, I kind of wish you'd just communicate with us. 
You know, <laughs> I, I'm doing the best I can. Now, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I got a lot of folks that'll say, oh, yeah, you're right, Paul. You're, you're terrible. Um, but, but, but we're trying. We're trying to make that happen. And so it comes back to the effort. You know, make, make a, a commitment to go forward, to step forward in doing things and being a part of the, the solution on that. Yeah. I, we live in a time where we have email, we have text messaging, we have uh, – we still got the traditional snail mail mm-hmm. in there. Um, we even got a phone call that yeah. can come through, even though if I don't know your number, I'm not answering your phone call. Um, I, don't, I don't answer if I know your phone call sometimes. Um, Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. I mean, we yeah. could go in oh, many yeah. different directions. We are living in a day and time with so much access to be able to communicate. Over but we still struggle with communicating. Right. And I think there is something, Paul, that I'm going to mention here that if you're an elder or you're a deacon or you're a minister watching, I, I would encourage you, oh. even just the, the traditional, here we go with, with the traditional side mm-hmm. of this, even the traditional of getting up and making an announcement and making it a clear announcement to the congregation to be able to understand, here's what's going on, here's what we're doing, we're working behind the scenes, or this is what we're working with, even something as simple as that, right. to say, here's what's going on. Well, and um, uh, Andrew Thompson uh, from uh, Rogers, Rogersville uh, made a really good point. <clears throat> okay, made a good point that maybe some of this over-communication desensitizes people to the communication. Possibly. Yeah. A lot like the bulletin. Um, our, our secretary, um, Christy, puts that bulletin together every Friday. She's working on it today. I had some stuff to give to her to put in there. Um, and I hate to say this, and I'll probably get reprimanded later, but this is the truth. I don't read it. I just don't. Uh, it's a piece of paper. Uh, if I shame, receive an shame. email, if I receive an email, I'll go through that email. I, I get emails all the time. Um, and in some cases, I actually return some of them. <laughs> so, um, you yeah, know, here's what it is. But, um, but yeah, sometimes people, I think they get so much, much stuff that, that they're like, it's just too much, you know. <laughs> of course, this is probably a comment for another show. We spend way too much time around family time with this and this and that and, and all these um, devices that, that are stifling our families. And so the one thing we talk about using is also the one thing that can hurt us the most. So we have to try to find that, that balance, that happy medium to make things um, uh, to be, to be productive. Right. And um, something I want to mention too, what Brandon, um, uh, Brandon Johnson came on here and mentioned uh, that even a big church of a thousand um, may not have the passion that a hundred congregation because, because they're into it. Absolutely. You know? And so that's absolutely a great point. Well, and I think that goes with number nine. If we can go ahead and go to the yeah. next one here, number nine is, is simply this, a clear path to guide regulars to become uh, all in members. Yeah. I think, you know, and you and I would both agree with this. It's not just about showing up on Sundays and Wednesday night for Bible study yeah. or a couple of things. It's about getting them involved. And a lot of people leave congregations because they are not, they are not input, uh, inputted. That's not the right word. Uh, implemented into the church program. Right. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely right. And att- it, it, attendance is where it starts. It, it, it does. That's not don't, where don't, it ends. Yes, that, that's where. Yeah, I think a lot of folks think that. But I think we struggle with that. I mean, t- t- tell me, tell me if, okay. if I'm right or if I'm wrong. New person comes into town, uh, finds a congregation, wants to get involved in the congregation, but um, 
maybe somewhere along the line because that congregation may be just, well, this is what we've always done it, this is the way it is. Mm. It's hard to get, in, you know, this to become planted into it. it. I love and that. to become part of that right. congregation. Um, there is um, some research that was done. Oh, this was, I can't try to remember. This was probably about uh, 15 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. It was the Southeastern Christian Church mm-hmm. up in Louisville, Kentucky. And they were doing some uh, a seminar on church growth. And one thing that they said that they try to do is they find a place for all of their members, and we're talking about multi, multi-thousand member church, to get involved and to be active in, in the work. When right. people aren't active, when they are sitting on the back row, that is when discouragement comes, and that's when trouble comes, and they either ship out or even cause problems along the way as they're shipping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really think you have to make a concerted effort to make sure that when a person comes in to visit, of course, th- this this point, there's another point about visitors, but I think you almost put those together, mm-hmm. um, is when a person makes contact with four or more people, it connects them to a church. Yeah. So when you meet somebody, introduce them to, to John. And then John, you would introduce them to to, to Jill mm-hmm. or to to Jason, you know, or to that person or this person. You know, you make those contacts and they're like, well, I know people now. Right. You know, when you come in here and, and some congregations are known for being a very friendly congregation, some are known for being very unfriendly. And I think you find where the passion falls in line with, with how they greet their visitors. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And they're not there. Sorry, preachers. They're not there because of the preacher. There's not. Okay, sorry, dude. Um, they're there because a friend invited them. Statistics will tell you 85% of people who place membership at a congregation is because they were invited by a friend. They may not even agree with everything that the congregation does, exactly. but they are there because of the connection and the relationship yeah. that they have built with people that are there. Effort, passion, relationships. I'm telling you. Absolutely. And, you know, we're just going to do half this today. We'll do the rest of it next week. What? We got plenty of time. You sure. Yes, we can do this. We have people they are here and they are watching. They are. They are. So we're glad that you are here. Number eight, Paul. Um. In, um okay. Go ahead. You let can me, read let, it the right way. Okay. Let, Go let, ahead and read it, and we can explain it. Intentional small group strategy. All right. Explain what we're talking about. That's not, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're sitting here advocating or not advocating for small groups. Yeah, Okay. on a Sunday p.m. service or anything. That's not what yeah. we're saying. But what we are saying is, and we mentioned this at the very outset of the, of, the, of the show, is that we are commanded to worship God every first day of the week. That's something we should do. But it doesn't mean that on Wednesday nights or even Sunday night if you choose to, or a separate time, maybe through the week, mm-hmm. that you choose to have those uh, a group of people, of, of families, that get together and study the Bible um, on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Now, now, that's what I think, John, is where we, we lose sight right. of that is, right. is the consistent basis. Right. And, and then, then they say, well, then a lot of people have, the, have the, the concern or they'll say, well, well, I need all of my elders to see that group. Why do you need that? Why can't we study the Bible on our own? Uh, maybe an elder would be a part of that discussion. That's wonderful. But you may, you may have so many members. That ha- you know, we had Bible study at my house on Monday night. Right. You know, we had almost almost 20 teenagers there, and, and it was our first uh, time in doing it at my house. And I loved it. It was great. We had a lot, a lot of good things were discussed. So, so I, I think – Well, I think, Paul, what we're, what we're trying to hit at, and this is even the purpose behind when, when some places do small groups and do different things like that uh, throughout the week or even on Sunday night, mm-hmm. is the idea of no matter how big your congregation is, um, you can take a congregation of 100, you can take a congregation of 1,000. You're not going to have the relationship with all 1,000 people 
that you're yeah. going to have with that small core sure. thing. And sure. that is what, what you just said a second ago, part of the reason people place membership with churches um, is because of the connection and the relationships mm-hmm. that they have with the people that are there. Right. And so I think if this, we, can, we can put it on the face of small groups. You can put it on the, the, the guise of uh, Bible study. It can even be your, your class that meets on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of a small group that is there even within the church building, and that is what the whole purpose behind the, these smaller things. Even, even at university where we go, we have our little groups that we have, our family circles mm-hmm. that get together right. and meet and, and are a part of it, mm-hmm. and that is the whole purpose behind them is to build those relationships because when, when people slip out the back door, it's because we don't even know they're slipping out right. half the time. Right. And so, and I think that's why our groups went. They were they were much larger before, and they and now they're a much smaller group. And I think it makes it where it's easier to keep up with. Yes, because it's such a smaller group, and, and the the community of fellowship is so much easier to find. It is, and that's when you can really build those relationships. Too often, Paul, and this is I'm about to get on a soapbox here, and hopefully this doesn't go off on a, on a dang, on a soapbox over here. Um, doesn't go off is because um, I want to kind of go off of something that Brandon Edwards just put it in our in our chat room here. Too often times. Church has become, we come to worship, we sing our songs, we go through the service. Oh, good job, preacher. We had a good time, and we mm-hmm. leave. And we're not really taking the time to grow deeper with each other, to have confession with each other, to be able to share in those experiences together. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is part of what Christianity is about. When you look at the early church and they're spending their time from house to house mm-hmm. to each other on a daily thing, it's more – Yes, there was Bible study. Yes, there was the feast. Yes, but it was also about living these lives. When we just finished in, in my book of Acts class, Paul, we were spending time when, trying to understand what does Luke mean when he says they had all things in common. Right. It's more than just they. Yes, it included their property and the things mm-hmm. that they shared and, and being able to take care of each other financially, but it also included their lives together. Yep. And that is what I think we struggle with in the church. And you look at millennials, we always spend so many times talking about millennials. Mm-hmm. What does millennials want? They want genuine, real relationships from the preacher to the youth minister to mm-hmm. the elders to just their friend that they sit next to in the pew. Just tell me plainly. I just, just talk to me. Don't try to throw it over my head. Right. Don't try to, to speak to me in Greek. Don't try to pretend like you know more than I do, which you may, but don't do that. You know, just they just want the message plainly. And why should that be any different for anybody? You know, millennials and anybody, everybody should want and, and would desire straight talk from the Bible. And that's really all it comes down to is that and the relationships. And I love the, the – uh, I'm with you on the, on the Brandon Edwards mm-hmm. comment he just made here about having a deeper love for one another. Once you have that deeper love for one another, it makes it much easier to right. confide in one another right. and to ha- hold each other and you can trust each other. Exactly. Yes. Trust. Yeah. Trust and obey. Okay, number seven here. Sorry, we're getting on. No, no, I got this whole other thing going on. So it's it's okay. You can keep doing Number seven here, leadership development and empower and empowerment. Equip the saints. Scripture tells us to do it, but what does this really look like? What does it really look like in, in, in leadership development? I know in youth work, we have the Lads and Leaders program, and that's kind of what the, the – the purpose of it is mm-hmm. is to develop leaders. Are we developing leaders in the church today? Um, we're, this is the John and Paul show. We're open. We're not, we're not PC church wise. I mean, I think I mean, we are. Are, and, uh, are we developing leaders? Um, I am a product of the Wise Leaders program. I'm just going to tell you. Mm-hmm. 
I just am. Um, so I, I think that the, the program as well does well. I think we need to go beyond that, and we need to implement that in our, in our church work and what we do. Um, I think that uh, we need to give our, our guys and our girls in, in the right atmosphere, obviously, mm-hmm. with women, uh, an opportunity to lead and do things. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's always been the case mm-hmm. that we try to do. But the problem is not taking those opportunities to, to, to have those opportunities, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think we're, we're missing the boat on that because we just assume, let's just let so-and-so do it he always does it. You know, you're not building leaders that way. You're not helping each other. And you know? do you think, and, and I'm going to ask this question, Paul, and if we have elders who are listening, they can chime in and I wish they would. whatever. Um, or, is, or they could call in. They could call in at 724-444-7444. 1139-40-pound <laughs> is the, um, the ID number there. Go Let ahead. me ask you this, Paul. Yeah. Is this part of the reason why we're struggling to find elders nowadays in churches? Universities blessed. We have, we have, we have men, we have men galore, but, yeah. but where we attend the here on campus so. at university is, is a little bit different, but we have a lot of congregations that are struggling to find elders. Mm-hmm. Is it because we have forgot to teach leadership and help teach young men to aspire to become uh, future deacons and leaders and elders? Could be. I mean, that's a good point. It's a real good point. Um, when there's no leadership, the people will crash. That's right. And we'll talk about that. And that's number one that comes up in there mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a second. Um, right. I, I just think that's something I think as just congregation, as churches, we've got to, we've got to pay attention to mm-hmm. and empower the people to be, you know, I know that's one thing we try to do here on campus with our college students is trying to empower them to take ownership of things and to be able to, um, um, where it's not always, oh, okay, John, he's the, assistant dean for spiritual life so he's coming over here to lead this no you can take this and go right go with it right well and that, that's why i call on different guys in class to, to lead sing lead a song or two or mm-hmm. to lead prayers read scripture and do things like that um so so i yeah i think we need to give um our young people uh, and all people that that don't have uh the opportunity to participate as much to, to have that opportunities uh mm-hmm. here lately we've been getting more of our college students to read scripture and do things in worship here at university mm-hmm. you know they're they're away from home but they're faithful and so we need to put them to work you know and you're also putting them to work not just out in front of everybody in the worship right. service you're also putting them to work and, and getting them involved mm-hmm. with like the valentine's banquet that is coming up right um you know uh, the uh, even uh k gallagher put something on Facebook the other day about the nursery and she sent it to the, the youth the, uh, the, the campus ministry Facebook page to get the, the, uh, the campus, the uh, college girls involved in that. I think that's great. They are absolutely so many jobs, yeah. so many things. Cause, and I think that's a problem. And I, I my, my attention got taken away because I was reading and agreeing with what Brandon was saying. We focus so much though, Paul, on what takes place in that auditorium on yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. Should we? Well, sure we should. We sure we should pay attention with what pace. We should, but that's not the end of the. That's not the end of the be all. Of the of the um, the battleground. I right. mean, the battleground starts once you once you leave the leave the sanctuary. I would say not always, but you know what I'm saying. Um, Brian Brian Cooks put in here that he was told to aspire to become a deacon and elder. I think you and I have probably been in classes where that has happened as well, ooh. but really wasn't taught how to. Um. I guess my question to that was, do you feel like you didn't receive, Brian, um, that training at, at home church or in college? Because obviously not everybody goes to a Christian school like we did, but um, but maybe maybe that's Brian something. did. He was here. Oh, I know he did. <laughs> I, I, know, I know he was here. But but that's why I'm asking. Is yeah. it sort of, do you feel like from the Christian school perspective, that's something that should be taught here? 
or are you saying in, in your home church that mm-hmm. should be? I think the home church should be. Absolutely. Um, well, both really. Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh uh, Posey says it starts with a good good example. Um, People taking the time. It goes back to Titus too, Paul. I think yeah. it really goes back to the Titus too. Older men, older women to teach and, and train the effort, younger men and women. Effort and it takes passion. time. They've got to want to be mentors and reach out and That's think right. about it. Okay. Um, so definitely need to empower. Number six, Paul. Number six kind of goes with the, the, the yeah. number, the, number the, the, ten. Number ten. Number nine. Uh, or number nine. A clear path to guide guests to become regulars. Uh, and we, we, I think we talked about that earlier, uh, is, is moving a person from visitor to regular member um, isn't always the easy thing to do. But, right. but the only way you have a chance for that is to make sure that that person knows plenty of people before they walk out and they are engaged in, in the worship and the fellowship takes place there. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think when, when you when – you, um, uh, there's so many different things. Um, I've been to places where people say, let's have our visitors stand. Um, that we just say, hey, look around. Um, I, sometimes I don't know about you. Sometimes when I go someplace, I just want you know, don't don't embarrass me. Yeah. You know, don't embarrass. Well, don't me. embarrass the visitors. Don't embarrass the visitors. How about get the members to stand up? It could be bad if we see a bunch of empty spots. <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday, so make sure you're so attending. So if you're not standing up, so I don't think you're a visitor. So, so Paul, are you doing that this Sunday at university? Well, no. Okay, good, because I'm not going to be there. No, I don't. <laughs> I'll be, I'm leading singing. I'll be out there. Right? I'll be in Atlanta on Sunday. Um, but, um, you know, somehow um, getting them involved, finding it a, a nice and easy, attractive way to get them connected, mm-hmm. to become a part of the church. Um, like Brandon said, don't call them visitors. Call them guests. They are our honored guests they're that are here. They're that they're here visiting with us. Number five, Paul. Uh, this kind of goes with with um, children's what you ministry. do here. Yeah, children's ministry. That kids don't want to leave. Um, you need to have a ministry that goes far beyond that of fun and games. Yes. And um, I've actually been accused of not having enough fun and games, but um, but I think that you have to have a good foundation. So boring. Paul. I'm boring with that Bible. You know, the Word of God. Um, but, but but I do think that um, you need to put the best you can into your Bible classes. Uh, I guess now I'm speaking to the Bible class teacher and youth ministers, youth directors, youth workers. When you're teaching class, um, that is when it's it's that's go time. Class time is go time. Um, that's the the 35 40 minutes you get uh, them and and there's no there's no practices going on. There's there's no uh, trips happening. There's no vacations happening. There's no schedules you're having to compete with. That is your time, and so you need to make sure that, that Bible class time is, is prime time in, in youth ministry. And, and again, it goes with the thing: is build those relationships. And and when you find a kid, make sure they talk to another kid, another kid. And um, we're actually doing some, some new stuff uh, with our youth ministry. Actually, starting here pretty soon. When it comes to breaking down the walls of, of the cliques and trying to create uh, new relationships, uh, some really neat stuff we're developing. We'll introduce it as we get deeper into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's about it's about being people. Um, that that love each other and that want to be around one another. And I think something, Paul, though, that, that includes is we can't forget, just because you may have a children's minister or you have a youth minister, a middle school minister, whatever, uh, we still need adults involved we do. in this. We love um, adults to be involved in that. I guess you saw in the 90s it was really pushed toward the youth minister 
running the show. And then you began in the late nineties, early two thousands, you saw the shift of saying, Hey, we, we, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of missed the boat here. It's not just supposed to be, it's supposed to be family too as well. And um, so we need it. And it goes beyond just parents though. Mm -hmm. We need other people within the church to come and be a part of. um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Not just in Bible class, although my Bible class door is always open. I love it. Parents want to come in there. Oh, absolutely. Now, sometimes if you're in there and you're, your kids are in there. They may not be um, so excited about it, but hey, well, I think okay. it's a balance. I think it it's is. a balance. There are some times when yes, that 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 person that that teenager wants to be um, with their teacher right. that they're not may not say some things, and that's where the I mm-hmm. think the church looks at youth ministry or should look at youth ministry, in my opinion, with children's ministry. All that is not the not they're not becoming the parent, but they're there to help the parent in ways right. in which they parents may not be able to reach exactly. and be able to um, effectively help their child. Yeah, you have the child, you have the parents, you have the youth minister. But um, I'm simply the, the associate youth minister to our parents. Absolutely. And that needs to be, that needs to be said. That needs to be understood. Um, I'm not the first line of defense with your children, but, but I'm there if they need me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that needs to be understood. I think number four, Paul, kind of, you, you kind of mentioned this a second ago, but I think there's still a piece to this. Mm-hmm is mm. in our preaching, number four, engaging gospel-proclaiming preaching. I have found over the years, and you tell me if you're wrong with this. I won't be wrong with this. You go ahead. That congregations absolutely have zero problem with you preaching tough stuff that's um, to the point mm-hmm. that is that challenges them, mm-hmm. that may even step on their toes, mm-hmm. They have zero problem with that as long as you're engaging and as long as you, they know you care and you're not looking down upon them. Right. Um, that's something I have seen that is taking place over the years. I know when I was preaching is that they absolutely had zero problem with that. And I think we, we misunderstand this because we're like, okay, we've got to have this shorter sermon and we've got to have it funny and we've got to have it, you know, one point and it's, it's done and it's over. And that's what connects with people. I don't think that's true. Um, no, no, I think I think that um, if you if you find a way to connect, they're going to listen to whatever you say. Right. So you're absolutely right on that. Um, but uh, what do you think? I mean, let, let's face it. Um, we 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 work in churches and, and we work around that have eldership leaders, and it's not uh, supposed to be the preacher run show um, by any means. But that's what society calls for. That's what society says, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to have. How do we balance that out, though, do you think? And I know I'm putting you on the spot here probably with that. You just gave me an ugly look. No, it's, it's, it's just um, – <laughs> what can I say without it coming across the wrong way? Um, I, I think that uh, a person who is, who is preaching – and I, I've had the opportunity to preach in my career. I spent um, – couple of years in Birmingham, uh, preached at the Palisades Church, and um, I'll just gear from that. Um, I'm not sure that I'm any good at preaching, but I will say this, that, that I had a pretty good job of uh, building relationships with that church, and uh, we love those people. And uh, it was tough. It was tough leaving Palisades to come to university, but uh, of course we knew what we were coming to, and so that was a blessing in coming back to Montgomery. Mm-hmm. But but that those people were so good to us, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I you know, and I'm a, I'm my dad's son, and I, I preach kind of hard, and um, I get into it a little bit. I, I, I work a bit, either. a little bit of a sweat, but uh, yeah, you do. But I, but I love, man, I love it when I when I preach, and and uh, but there were so many things they could have said, but they never said, you know, 
anything anything negative about my preaching, about the way it was presented, um, cause, because because I think because of the relationships that I built with built with them before I got to the pulpit, mm-hmm. you know, and what happens between times that I'm in the pulpit, and I think a person um, they can listen to anything you say if they know you love them, but if you don't spend any time with them, how can they have that connection? Mm-hmm. Well, you I know, think that, that's that's what I get yeah. from my time whenever I was a pastor. Well, and I think Paul, that when you look at it um, with the with the uh, with the preaching, people can tell that you care. I think sometimes people kind of talk over them Mm -hmm. and they're just like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're not even caring. You're not listening because here's the deal. You and I, we both work in and we do these youth rallies and we go a part of it. And we've talked about this on this show before. There's something that we're disconnecting with our youth and with the normal church service when they can sit two hours in a, in a, in a worship service in Huntsville, Pigeon Forge in Dallas and Gulf Shores we can hear some of the hardest preaching, but they step right on the toes, and mm. it changes their life, and it affects and it, it changes our life. Right. So don't tell me we can't do it in a normal church service in, in our home it congregations. It it's just somewhere there's a disconnect in there. But I think that those young people recognize that the mm-hmm. people that are up there, whether it's your David Shannons or your Lonnie Joneses or, or um, uh, Kyle Butts and all, all of them, Clark Sims and, and all those different guys, sure. they know that they care about them. Well, know your audience, and yes. that's what you're talking yes. about. Yes, definitely yeah. know your audience in there. So I definitely think, though it's not the end-all to be-all, preaching has to be a part in this. Um, and don't – look, don't run away from the Bible. No. Don't run away from the Bible. I think people will look at that. Number three, Paul, uh, genuine heart for the loss and desire to embrace the mess. Um. I think when you're talking about the mess, you're talking about, according to this one, mm-hmm. uh, a dying church. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the, the point here is recognize what's not working and come up with solutions to help make it work. Well, I, I think what generally, why do churches die? Stagnation. Why, why do churches die? Same Stagnation. But generally what happens is they turn inward. It's all looking about what are we doing in here and forgetting about who are outside of our church. And some of the challenges is this. In 2017, and of course maybe it's always been there, Um, maybe it's just getting a bigger picture of it today. In 2017, you're having people come into your church building that don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't dress like you, um, have different life experiences. And let's be honest, have some things that have happened in, in, in their life that, some of us in church world make it, ooh. Mm. <laughs> How do we embrace that? Jesus right. embraced it. Mm. Jesus embraced it, and that's why the people would come to him. But sometimes in church world, we say, eh, nope, stay at the door. We don't want you to come and be a part of us because you need to go clean yourself up. Then you come here and be a part of us. And that's just not biblical, Paul. Yeah. No, and, no, you're right. And so we've got to understand, and sometimes um, walk a mile. Well, you said something that I thought was interesting, that people are looking inward. I think that we need to be looking at other congregations and see what they're doing right. Okay. You know, there's a lot of congregations out there um, uh, that, that are doing a lot of things right. Um, you mentioned, uh, you referenced uh, David Shannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, i got a lot of respect for Brother David. I uh, love that man. And, and Philip and the good work they do at Mount Juliet. Um, you know, in some ways, they set the standard for a lot of ways to do evangelism and things like that. And there, there's, a, there's a lot of things we can learn from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of congregations across the nation that you can look to. And maybe you look at a congregation the same size as you, and, 
and see see what what they're doing and and try to make comparison and and see what you can do to help one. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Sometimes we forget the fact that outside the walls of our church building is still an opportunity to be in the church. Okay, we we, we may be governed by a different eldership, but it's the same heaven. Mm-hmm. It's the same heaven, John. And, and so I think sometimes we forget that, um, and we're driven uh, by certain things. But we need to understand it. It still comes back to to um, to just surveying things mm-hmm. and see what can we do to make things better here. Right. I, I think you said something a second ago when you mentioned David Shannon. And one thing that I think that makes Mount Juliet special that I know that you and I talk about and we look at is because their focus is, has been how do we reach the lost? Mm-hmm. With with their youth minister Philip, uh, you know he's he's been working on this. Right, wrote books about it. Right. Um, is just how can we reach lost people? I remember um, a while back, Lonnie Jones did a thing of um, looking at Luke 15 and mm-hmm. saying, "Do we really care about lost people?" Mm-hmm. I remember hearing it. <laughs> I heard it was at actually at SEC when it's back at Decatur That's Highway right. Right. there in, in Birmingham. Wow, it's been a long time. It has been a long time. Is how you know? Do we really care about lost people? Mm-hmm. We say we do because that's what we're supposed to say in church world, but are we really doing anything? Are we doing anything about it? Yeah, and I think that we've got we've got to change our focus. And when you change your focus off of yourself Mm -hmm. and start looking at people who are lost, guess what happens to problems? They go away. They seem to go away. Yeah, yeah. So let's hurry on through here. Number two, Paul. Uh, I need to have courageous leaders who pray boldly and take bold action. Hmm. Goes back to that leadership thing, elders, elders being elders, and being shepherds of the congregation. Um, you know, since I told you I was teaching Book of Acts here, you know, we just finished the section where the apostles been arrested, and they pray for boldness, and a big earthquake earthquake comes and shakes the room, and there's like, mm-hmm. woo, let's go out and let's do this. Right. What if we have church leaders that pray like that today? Well, and here's the point: praying about it is great and wonderful. Pray about it. Pray about it. But if you're praying about it, we need to fall through. We need yep. to do it. Yep. And that, that's the whole key to, to, to the two to courageous leaders is not just making a plan of action but following through with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you're looking for. And I think some congregations you see, especially some of these smaller congregations, maybe they don't even have eldership, and that, that may be something that, that is an issue there. But even with a, a, a group of men or even with an eldership in, in whatever size congregation is is they have a plan and they have – problems falling through with it and when you make a plan follow through um and let your congregation know um that you love them and you want to see us go forward and so so you know share what that plan of action is right i i think paul you know and this, we can go ahead and go to number one here too because i think mm-hmm. this kind of goes together is an eldership also mm-hmm. who protects their staff and ministry leaders right this goes back down to leadership of the congregation mm-hmm. um you know, you and I have both been doing church work for many years now, and it's a fickle, it's a fickle job. Um, sometimes, you know, if you make one person in the congregation upset, then um, therefore it's going to cause you trouble. Or um, they get a group of people and they go to the elders, and the elders are like, oh no, we're having a problem. Well, we just need to go and get rid of him. And sometimes leaves their staff um, and the ministry leaders kind of hanging there. Mm-hmm. Have an eldership that will. Be bold, like we just talked about, and pray and make action, but we'll also back you up. Yeah, be there for you. Yeah. Um, you hired them for a reason, and there was a trust factor that was developed because of the fact that you did hire them and you believe in them. So if you do believe in them, continue to, to watch their back and, and help them. And in and, and those times of need, as those times come up, that's a big deal. And I'm going to tell you right now, John, um, maintaining that 
understanding and belief and, and watching your ministry staffs back mm-hmm. uh, will elongate the opportunities to keep uh, ministry leaders on staff. They and will work harder for key. you, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once well. you, you uh, endure the storm, you, yeah. you almost got them forever. It's like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, bring the cat. <laughs> He's like, yes. He's going to stay there, stay safe, stay sheltered, and, and do, do the work. So that's, right. uh, that's some good stuff. Well, I think we kind of covered all that pretty good. We covered there. a lot, that's for covered sure. We covered a lot here in, in a few minutes. we got a few minutes left here. Kind of make it talk a little bit about There's not a lot of sports stuff going on in the world right now. Um, There's college basketball, but college basketball, it's not tournament time it's not, yet. It's not so March Madness. So we yeah. can't get to it yet. Um, yeah, that's, that's our John and Paul show rule. <laughs> yeah, we can't do it until we get to tournament. March Madness, then we'll talk about that's it right. or whatever. Uh, we do got some things. Uh, there is a big game coming up in a week or so. Week or two. Yeah, we got um, the Pro Bowl this weekend. Yeah, we got the, the Pro Bowl. Bowl. Nobody watches that. Nobody no. watches Senior Bowl no, either. They're watching practice during the week. Carter uh, even's got a got a couple players in one of the Senior Bowls. That are really? Out. Yeah. Oh, so, good. That's pretty cool. Uh, but we do got the Super Bowl coming up. What do you think? We did not think the Falcons would make it. We uh, wanted them to. We wanted them to. But we did not think they were going to make it. We also wanted Pittsburgh to make it. <laughs> and that didn't happen. That didn't happen. But we got one of our two. Yeah. And we knew England would be there. New England, um, Atlanta. What do you think? Oh, Patriots going to win. So. I, mean, I don't want them to. I want the Falcons oh, to win this game. Don't tell me that. Falcons oh. has a strong offense, and Julio Jones is a man on a mission. And Matt Ryan is finding MVP. A way to get it to him. I know, I know. But that'd be great. Um, man, Patriots strong though. We won't make a pick yet. Mm-hmm. At least we got another, another week. But I think one thing that's been interesting: the majority of the games have um, been blowouts. They have. <laughs> they have. Bless you. Sorry. Are you going to be here next Friday? No. Me neither. <laughs> I will be on that airplane. Me neither. <laughs> I think we make our pick right now. Because we're not, there's, there's no John Paul show next Friday. Um, all right. What's, what's our pick here? I'm going to Atlanta, baby. I'm going Matt Ryan. Well, I'm going to go Atlanta. I'm, I'm going I don't Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. I, they want it. They rise want to up. It. Come on, Atlanta. Rise Do up. it. Make it happen. Do it for the South. Man. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's like the Braves versus the Yankees. Oh. That's exactly what that I hated about, those right. days. Oh, me too. That oh, was, that was terrible. awful. They're terrible. Uh, we do also got Paul uh, coming up Wednesday. Big day Wednesday. Who's going to win the national championship and national signing day, John? I don't know. I care about it. Oh, of course nah. you care about it. <laughs> well, not even. It's not going to be Florida. I've been doing nothing. Right now. Jim Malcolm Hold on. I've been Jim Malcolm Please get off the couch. Alabama is number one in the nation, again, in uh, recruiting. It's happening. But I will tell you this, John. Georgia is making a yes. run with recruiting. Yes, they are. Uh, Kirby Smart, everybody's comparing this possible class for UGA. He learned the, the master. The 2008 one from that, sure. that Nick Saban brought in. So, uh, be very interesting how that turns out. True, true, true. FSU, they're going to be there. What do you think about Texas? Slow since hiring Tom Herman. Not good, I don't I mean, but they're still in the top ten in the preseason. I, I have no idea why it's even happening. Yeah, I, I, I just um, – <laughs> yeah, Andrew, thank like you, it. Andrew. Yay. Appreciate it. Yes, we know which team – Dominates recruiting here. Oh, well, under most everything else. Yeah, shut up. Uh, you know, you know, Caitlin got accepted into Auburn. Yeah. So don't make me have to start saying more ego. You got to do what you're going to do, I guess. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, join the millions. I mean, we're Montgomery. 
Yeah, you can say it all you want. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Paul, um, pretty good show today. Yeah, we had to talk about some things. We won't. Shout out to oh, Kate no. Terry. I'm going to say that. Kate, Katie Terry, Katie Sperlin Terry, my cousin. Uh, her and her husband, Jonathan, are expecting a. Can I say this? Because I don't know if it, it's a secret. <laughs> Paul, you're about to make a big announcement here it's on the Paul show. It's a baby. It's a baby. It's a baby. So it's a girl or a boy. Uh, love the confetti. I appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to mess this up, I think. Should I say this? Katie, can I, can I tell people? Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, I'm excited, so you, you know what it is. I mean, no, you got a boy a, and a girl. A girl, a girl would have been sweet, but <laughs> a boy can mow your lawn. No. Oh, man, I don't know what to say. You I'm just gonna, announced it, bro. I didn't announce the whole thing up. I, I didn't announce anything. Yes, you did. A girl would be sweet, but a boy can mow your lawn. That, 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 you could get one or the other. Are you excited about people being able to mow lawn? <sighs> yeah, actually, I like mowing lawn. I don't like to mow lawn. All right, I won't say, but but I'm excited about um, Jonathan and Katie, and congratulations on the baby that will be here soon. That's okay. We may have lost so connection, so it's all good. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. All right. Nope. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are glad that you tuned in today. Thank you for toning in. Toning in. Awesome. <laughs> toning in. And for my high co cohorst over here. Co cohorst? Cohorst. Maybe I'm the one that's going been south taken. in a hurry. <laughs> oh, the stream ended on Facebook Live. Oh well. Somehow well, it ended. That'll be it for us. For John Ponine, I'm Paul Sperlin. This has been the John and Paul Show, brought to you by AdventuresInMinistry.com. Thanks for being with us, and we will see you next. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.